Welcome gamers to this week's episode of Last Call Gaming. We're on episode number 180. Today is November 21st. My name is Craig Prowse and joining me is my brother, Gino Prowse. My good man. Uh, nice to meet you. So, you know, usually Andrew's on the show, but he is recovering from um, a surgery that he had. I We talked about it. We were supposed elective. To, elective surgery, but we might add. Uh, we were supposed to do an episode last week. I know a lot of there's a real bug going around these days. I mean, we were a tad under the weather, so. Yeah, we were supposed to record last week, and I was supposed to have this week off completely, but I got hit hard last week and i literally had to call off like four days in a row so i had to move pto from thanksgiving and december to cover it and then so i had to work today i need to get the name of the license plate of that bus that dude, you. i usually don't get hit that hard but it was about like a good six days and so i'm, I'm yeah. back in recovery mode so yeah we want to make sure we got at least a good episode, episode out before yeah. uh thanksgiving because i'm pretty sure during the rest of this weekend a lot of us are going to be busy andrew i'm sure as family coming in we got a bunch of plans sure happening so this is your um, nice little Turkey Day uh, podcast that we're going to give you guys. So, uh, welcome to the show, guys. If you're watching us on YouTube, make sure you like, comment, subscribe, share, hit the notification bell. If you guys are interested in following us on any of our social media, our link tree link is in the description. And if you guys are listening to the audio-only version of this podcast, you can find it on any podcast platform of your choice. So, before we get into uh, what we're going to talk about today, we like to do What Are You Up To, as always, where we take a second and talk about what we've been up to so uh gino's game is where something we're going to be talking about so tell me something about you've been watching and then i'll like take over from there uh so what i did is i just started i watched yesterday uh netflix's 2023 directorial debut by comedian bill burr um old guys old dads and it's uh <laughs> old guys yeah old fellas so bill burr is for f is from family which is a great show uh and then it has Bobby Cannavale from Boardwalk Empire and Bokeem Woodbine, who I'm not too familiar with his work. But basically, let me sum it up for you. It goes, three best friends become fathers later in life and find themselves battling preschool principals, millennial CEOs, and anything created after 1987. So basically, it's just kind of old guys that were growing up old school just dealing with all the millennial shit, progressive <laughs> shit that's happening now, and um, it hits it pretty on the nose, and it, it goes through it. It's a pretty good little watch. I mean, not the best movie, but I'm a huge Bill, Bill Burr fan, and uh, it's definitely worth a watch, and I thought it was pretty funny. Nice. I'll give it a go. I was watching that trailer, because uh, I know I saw it pop up on... It's on Netflix, you said? Netflix. And uh, I, saw, I was watching the trailer, uh, doing it, I'm like, dude, this actually does look like be hey, up my alley, and I know oh, my alley. I know your alleys. Um, as far as what I've been watching, nothing too new. I've been running through Family Guy again recently. It's on Hulu. Uh, it's been around since January 31st, 1999. I know in the past, Andrew and I have always said that like we like American Dad better, but I think it's because I American Dad is kind of more modern day. After going back and because I'm literally going from season one, I think I'm up to season uh, 12 right now out of 20 something. Dude, the old school jokes. I forget how much of that shit we quote. Oh, how much dude. of the how much of it is just so you've got to be like an '80s '90s kid to get it. I was telling you, you know, one of the things they were saying that you have to be to like love Family Guy. You got to be like an 80 year old trapped in like a 15 year old's body, yeah. or not 80 year old, someone from the '80s trapped in like a teenager's body. And dude, it is just so uh, funny. A couple of things that I kind of forgot about is that um, it's been canceled like two or three times. The and DVD it, sales, brother. Yeah, and it, well, the blue. If I'm not mistaken, the Star Wars Blue Harvest. Uh, DVD sell specifically mm -hmm. is what brought him back pretty um, solid. Uh, one of the things I want to say, Seth MacFarlane, I don't want to say he's underrated, but oh. as, a, as a talent, I think a lot of people always forget that not only does he do like 16 plus voices on Family Guy and American Dad and um, a couple other animated things he's in, but he's also he also as a writer, he directs, 
he acts, he does excellent hosting when he does certain um, award shows, and he sings all these Beautiful. in all these different voices um, flawlessly. So I think he's our our generation's most talented person. Yeah, I, I'm a huge fan of. I him. would agree with that, and he yeah. So it's been a pleasure to rewatch Family Guy and, and remember all the old stuff that I remember as watching as a kid. So yeah, uh, I remember as excited in high school, like oh the the season one, season two DVD. I remember going to hate like, hey, cool, just so I could rewatch them. Cause that's what you did back then. There was no uh, live streaming, so yeah. bottom rewatched them. You'd have parties, you know, you'd have that in the background. So just one of the all time classics, and I think you're a victim of. Uh, um, American Dad, whatever one you're watching a little bit more than the last one. Because once you see Roger, you're like, oh, I love Roger. Yeah. And then you go back to it, you're like, oh, shit, I forget how... Like, Wait, it's more contemporary. Yeah. So, like, you can watch it in, in you know, common and times. And, and, yeah. episodes. Oh, oh dude, like, yeah. I just was watching their the Star Wars one. And uh, the third one, he's like, what, do we run out of our own guys? Because, like, Roger's in it. And they're like... So, anyway. He sees him, he's like, you sound a lot like Joe. <laughs> <laughs> uh, as far as what I've been playing... Uh, Going off from um, the last episode we did, I, I beat Mario Wonder, Super Mario Bros. Wonder, which came out on October 20th, 2023. Um, it has a storyline, but I mean, it doesn't really matter. It, um, again, it, it has some really cool ideas. It did the multiplayer, um, as you know, couch co-op, as well as being online. It's got a, you know multiple characters that you can pick from. The kid mode was pretty cool with the Yoshis and the Nabid. Um, it's got some new abilities and some new transformations. It does the badge system, which lets you kind of implement some new abilities while you're playing the game. Um, a lot of people were comparing it to, like, it's the new Super Mario World. I didn't really get that out of this. Um, I have some complaints. I hate that there's no World 8. In my mind, a staple in Mario is World 8, at least, and this one stops at 6. It got a Game of the Year nominee uh, from the Game Awards, and that's something we'll, we'll talk about in a bit, but other than that, the game was, I thought, fine, but I don't, but I'm not playing it with kids, you know, I don't yeah, have a kid household, it's me playing every Mario game like usual, but for me, this one just, I don't know, I think it was overhyped. Maybe, I thought it did enough, because you're playing at home with your son, and he's yeah, loving it. And, and it, and it makes a world of difference, too, yeah. like, like this, the, some of the, and nothing more precious walk, than the sound of a child's totally laughter, <laughs> like the Nabbit stuff, where he doesn't have to take damage, some of the, the new transformation, he loves that elephant, Dude, the elephant like, they did enough uh, new stuff to make it a game worth playing, and it might, you know, and it's a good entry point for anybody new. Great entry point, and he, uh, my son's loving it, so we'll talk about it. Yeah, so uh, that's what we've been up to now, guys. Usually, we take out a couple of big main stories, but when Andrew's not here, you know, the boys like they sit back, <laughs> relax, hey, drink, hey, instead of water, hey, we're drinking some brews in here, and uh, for old Gene Blair. <laughs> I figured we'd just take a couple of questions, and then next um, week, uh, Andrew and I will dive back more into some serious. Story. So this will be a more relaxed, casual, cool, calm episode. So, guys, if you want to leave questions that we can answer on the show, I guess this would be the questions of the week segment. If you guys want to leave questions that we can answer, you guys can do so a couple of different ways. You can leave so you can leave a comment down in the YouTube section of the video, and I can grab them there. You can email us at lastcallproductions at gmail.com, or you can find me personally on social media at Craig Perales, and you can send them to me, and I can take them there. So. Our first question, guys, comes from The Running Man, and they ask, uh, Super, Mario, <clears throat> Super Mario RPG for the Switch has come out, and I must say, it's as great as I remember it. I know you guys are fans of the original. Have you had a chance to play it yet? And what are your thoughts? So, yeah, I mean, if anyone watches the show outside of the audio podcast, you can always see that I've got the original Super Mario RPG uh, in box. Um, coincidentally enough, it's yours and I both favorite game, Final Fantasy Withstanding. Yes. Yeah, so um, I wanted to get into it just to kind of catch people up. Super Mario RPG is a Nintendo Switch remake 
of the 1996 Super Nintendo Entertainment System game Super Mario RPG Legend of the Seven Stars, which was released worldwide on November 17, 2023. First announced during the June 2023 Nintendo Direct, this remake imagines the original game in full 3D graphics. Now, I don't want to do a review of it or, let's say, a spoiler cast of it by any means. If we do do one, maybe we'll do it after... Um, because I've beaten it, Gino's pretty close, and then our, our friend Sienna's playing it as well. We'll do one. I kind of wanted to more pick out some of the big differences between the two and then see if we still like it as much as the original. Maybe it surpasses the original. So if that sounds uh, good with you, we'll kind of take it from there, yeah? Yeah. So, uh, first of all, I want to say that it's a great remake, if that's what you want to call it, because it is rebuilt from the ground up. And the word that I like to see is that it's faithful. This is a faithful um, retelling of this story in it, in terms of its look, in terms of the style, in terms of the way it feels as you're playing it, in terms of the jokes, in terms of the heart that this game has. But there are a few big differences. So uh, the first one you have to point out that you have to notice is the aesthetic. It moves from the 16-bit pixel art, which is the original old school, beautiful, doesn't need any update, per, you know, as it is uh, Super Nintendo pixel art, to this now fully 3D animation um, now moving towards the Switch, which I think looks good. I personally still like the Super Nintendo pixel art, but that's just the nostalgia in me. Uh, but as far as the 3D animation goes, I got to say they did a good job. It looks, I mean, it looks how you would imagine a 16-bit to, to instantly turn into a 3D. So how did you like playing it? How did you like seeing this world realized in full 3D animation? I absolutely loved it. Like, it took, like, how you would see a really new modern um like Mario Party, we can you know the graphics are there, so it's really nice to see. It's really nice to see Gino just fully freaking animated, and I like a long time coming. Before boss teams, they'll do add little cutscenes yes. to it. They'll add a little bit, and so as much as I love old school graphics as an adult, I don't like going backwards. The I love new playing new shit, but the animation is just wonderful, bro. And they they even added the new version of the music. Yeah, and I was like, you know what? I'm gonna go old school. I'll go back and I'll play a little bit of the old music. I put I'm like. Nah, I'm gonna listen to the new music. Yeah. I want to hear it all brand new. Like they did it true and faithful, and just make it look beautiful. There was one level um, that I did. It. Well, let's say because oh, you're as far as you're on Nimbus Land. Is that where you are? I, yeah, yeah. I'm just going up Beanstalk. Okay, yeah. So you're Valley. near the end, and like I said, I've beaten it. There was one song that I didn't care for because I was listening to it. I'm like this. I'm like this is hitting my ear wrong. And I went back to the original, and it is a tad different. It's um, it's when you're in. Tell. It's when you're in the um. The, the Nimbus Castle. There's a thing oh, no, where, where, where they do like a like a chime. Well, when you get there... I wonder if I'll notice. Yeah, let me know. And it kind of... You know, it, it it struck my ear a tad wrong. So, yeah, as far as the animation goes, you're right. So is this. You're right. The, the, that animation is there. I, do, I would say this. It is a little jarring. I don't love the way Mario looks. I don't... He's a little too compressed for my liking. I don't love that. Especially when you see him in Mario Party. When you see him in Mario Kart. Like, why couldn't you just use... That version's Mario. If you're gonna make him, if you're gonna make him, I know. But if you're gonna make him bigger, he just looks a little too squashed for me. So I didn't love that. Squashy, huh? And the other thing is, uh, now that it's in 3D, I can kind of see a little bit more. And I didn't realize how many of these guys were like wearing suits. Like when, would you see Johnny Jones when there's like a guy? I was gonna tell you that I didn't know there was somebody in him. I never noticed that before in my life. And And I was was actually gonna ask you about that because I thought I was like, is this a puppet dude or is it an actual shark? Because I never. Notice that. Yeah, there's like, there's like people in these outfits. Like when you're t- in the very beginning, the, the guy's jumping. Uh-huh. You can see them very clearly, and I love that part of it. But I, that, like you said, those, those eyes and his mouth, like I totally don't remember even, that at all. Even the dude and riding Clay either. Morton looks a little different to yeah. me. But 
I like those nuances because that was supposed to be always part of the game, but now that now you can up res and yeah. now we're noticing things we've never noticed. I know before, that's what I'm saying. Which so, I like. so but it was a tad jarring for me, but I mean it's cool to, to see that stuff and um. Yeah, the eyes, man. Yeah, that one threw me off with Johnny Jones. Um, the next thing I would have to say, there's a lot of name changes, and obviously the first one is going to be the, the name of the game. It's no longer called Super Mario RPG Legend of the Seven Stars. It's just Super Mario RPG. So Interesting. I, See, I didn't notice any of these names. Oh, no, I caught that. I'm like, it's, it's Super Mario RPG, but I'm like... It's, that's just it's, what it's... It, it, it's Legend of the Seven Stars. <laughs> Where's the Seven Stars? Well, because you got to remember that in 1996, when they were push, pushing the original game out, it was developed with um, Square at the time, where this game oh, is now fully done by Nintendo. Yeah, so I'm curious maybe what Square still owns or what they can't or what they can't trademark or copyright. Yeah, so. you get Mario RPG, but uh, we're going to keep the Hey, stars. we're keeping the Seven Stars. <laughs> what so. an interesting thing to keep if that is the, the thing. Well, it's probably they, a trademark that they just can't yeah, or use like again. Too much of a mouthful or something like that. That's interesting. <laughs> you sound like your mother. Like your mother. Um, so yeah, that was the first big one was the, the name title. Um, the other one I noticed right in the beginning is it's not called timed hits anymore. They're called action commands. So in the <laughs> beginning when he goes, he goes, do, do you know about timed hits? It's actually, I'm like, that threw me off. I'm like, okay. So that's something that was a little different. But one of the biggest things people were pointing out is that um, in the original thing, it was Princess Toadstool, which was one of their old school names, Super Mario King Bowser. This is one where they actually introduced her as Princess Peach, plainly Mario, and simply that Bowser. Um, a couple of the ones that I, that I saw were like the pipe house that Mario lives in is now called the Mario House. Um, a big one that I noticed is Malo's grandfather used to be Frog Fucius, which was like a play on Confucius, but now he's the Frog Mage. So they changed that name. And I don't know if that was a, like a racist thing or, again, they didn't have the access to say it. But uh, I don't know, a couple name changes, but did the name change mean anything to you at all? I mean, is it, is it a big deal? No. Especially if you're not even noticing that the goddamn even, title of the name is so. I'm just going I'm I'm into the gameplay and playing, like, like and the names, I just, they didn't hit me like I guess they did. Oh, yeah, they, 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 some that, of them, some of them, well, Frog Fucius was the first one that threw me off, because I'm like, oh, good old Frog Fucius. I think like, that one like, I, I'll I, never I, forget I, that name, and he's like, oh, yeah, I'm the Frog Mage. I was like, huh, that's, Frog who? That's definitely... Different, but other than that, a lot of things are um, true to their original name. Um, the next thing I wanted to add was that they did do a um, a journal that they've added, which I think should be something that's in every RPG. And what would we just play? Sea of Stars. Sea of Stars. That was one of the most disappointing games I, that didn't have that, but it was cool because it kind of took pictures of memorable moments. It gave you monsters' abilities and weaknesses, like yeah. a whole kind of like a bestiary um, scores with your jumping. So. I don't know. I love I love that in games. Yeah, I I thought it was gonna be because every when I started it, it was uh, boss battles doing this and this. But then when you go to Mary Moore and you take the 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 picture with them, like that's in there. You know, you saved it. So I thought like it's just moments too. That I thought yeah. was kind of cool. Which is really yeah. uh, really makes a big difference. You know, let you know where the story's going. Uh, and one of the biggest things that would change kind of the game from the old one is outside of the normal mode, they've added what's called the breezy mode, which is essentially makes the game easier in combat. Your guy is able to carry a lot more items because because I played the bre- I've beaten this game hundreds of times and so on this version this playthrough I was like I'm gonna play the easy version because I just want to get through it and see all the different changes but yeah now you can hold like 30 different items compared to the old limited like is that in both versions or just the breezy <laughs> just the breezy I believe uh, I think that was one of the biggest changes okay yeah I was gonna I was gonna bring that up and say something about that what you say well I was gonna say because it really made you appreciate. Um, Inventory control because yeah. when I was going back, I'm like, dude, you used to be able to carry 30 items. Yeah, you would keep now, you would keep five mushrooms, of five pick me ups. Yeah, and like I didn't know what the box was in the beginning, and I'm like, oh, you picked up too many mushrooms, we send it to your your box. And I was like, 
Oh, shit. And, so, and, can... so whatever you surplus, once you, let's say you have yeah. your 30 mushrooms, once you run out, it automatically fills back in. Oh. So, it's, so this game, they do it make gives it... gives you a good... I'm playing it just because time, bad, yeah. shit. Like, I need the breezy mode in it. it you yeah, know, I don't even, approve anything. I've beaten this game even, enough on exactly. Super Nintendo. I beat it up hard modes I, uh, that you can play it on that, and it, you're not losing anything either. Yeah. And uh, other than that, they so the combat was really what changed. They added a few different things. One... Is the triple move meaning that With once that you, uh, cool animation? Yeah, definitely cool. So when you start fighting people and you you build it up, it goes all the way to a hundred. And once that happens, you can trigger a triple move, which depending on who's in your party is different with every with every combination really like, yeah so to add something like that i like yeah that was that was the biggest because i remember every trailer i was watching i'm like what is that because that's that's definitely not in it that. uh splash damage now when you hit somebody and you do the timed hit correctly it'll hit everybody that's which, which makes it blew me away, yeah which makes the game damage. way simpler um the ability to party swap is huge it makes it more like a, a you know traditional rpg but back in the day when you were playing when you were playing it and you're fighting a boss if you had your party, Gino, Bowser, Mario, that was it. There was no switching out. Switching so out, yeah. it took me a minute to realize that what it was asking me. Because like when somebody fainted and it went over them, it said switch. And I was like, what I do you mean? Yeah, I was like, what do you mean switch? Oh and then I did it. I'm like, oh, you can actually swap in the party members, which was actually a really cool thing. Because now you can actually utilize Modern, everybody. Yeah, Good quality of life upgrade. And then they had the ability to do timed um, the timing key, where if you didn't know how to do the time punches... It would trigger something to let you know how to do it, and then win the block. It kind of messed me up though for a second because I kind of like time it to this instead of what I'm used to doing. And yeah, it messed me up which for made me think how wrong I was doing it on some other ones. Yeah, oh yeah. Because like the the shell, I used to always just put that threat, and then this one you have to wait till it's actually in the air. <laughs> so, uh, and then the last big thing would be that it added fast travel and an auto save feature, which is pretty cool. Um, the fast travel you can do it from any world and, and go to any place previous, and then the auto save every time you pretty much enter a new place, it'll it'll save and add it to your save bar. So. Um, I don't know, a lot of new quality of life improvements. Yeah. I mean, all I'm, for the better. Yeah, one thing I like, too, is uh, on certain battles, you'll get a special enemy. And if you beat him, oh, yeah, the you get a frog enemy. coin, dude. So I'm getting a lot more frog coins than I remember. And fucking, or... I went, I, <laughs> Guess, baby. So I went to uh, the the guy that sold you the, the, the frog coin stuff for, like, your FPs halved or your yeah. XP boosters. So I bought that right away, and I'm getting frog coins. But then it feel like it's needed, though, in this one now. Not how much needed, you needed, but cool like, have, after... Right? after Slugging through it back in the day, it's it's nice to have that thing because it, then it's a little bit more. You get a little more experience. So here's my thing, and I was gonna ask you the Yoshi, the Lucky. Oh, how easy were those? I was say were they easy because I didn't miss one so far. No, I missed one because I was listening to a podcast and I and I went to do something and I knew it was on the left and I and I was went to go left A and I guess I just didn't hit it and it gave me the tile. I, I was like, you, I was like, motherfucker! You, but those you, are, dude, those are those way up. easier. Yeah, well, good. I was, I'm glad you remember been, that. There's been a couple. I'm like. I think it's that one, and it, it is my okay. Cool. So I'm 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 batting a hundred right now, but we'll we'll see how it ends up. So overall, um, great improvement and definitely an easy introduction to anybody that wants to start playing it. I still think the original is the best. I mean, not only because it's harder, it's just the, traditional. It, yeah, I mean, it's, I'm glad they did a remake, but it's one of those games that doesn't need one per se. So um, oh. overall, though, I mean. I uh, you plan on playing it again? Is this another game? Uh, and, you know, every you know, I'll maybe an annual or something. Once a year, yeah, definitely. Um, I think they did it perfectly. I mean, I don't know if there's anything more you can add to something like that. They they did a perfectly good job. They just I don't know, just seeing all the animations, the little tweaks that they made into it, they did it perfectly. I think. Yeah. So um, if you're looking to play it or you never played it before, or if you have it, a young person who wants to get into RPGs, 
the breezy mode makes it a absolute stellar start. Yeah, I was like, on Casey. I'm like, as soon as Grayson can wrap his head around RPGs. Because not only I think like Mario, but they're going to have a system to kind of gu- guide them. It's to a do perfect it. It, entry it's point. perfect entry point. Excellent. So, uh, with that down and out of the way, guys, let's move into our second and question. Like, yeah. Real quick, just the map when you are traveling. I like that because on Super Nintendo, you're like, boop, and then the screen moves. I like that you can see it all. There's one cohesive, flowing thing. It's like little things like that. If you've played the original and you love it, to see everything just a little twerked makes a huge difference. And I, as, as a true fan. And I mean. they added, I kind of forgot, they added a red flag. So anywhere that you, if you didn't, where you didn't know where to, to go, go, it'll tell yeah. you which way. I mean, it's hard to get lost in this game, but there if you did need somewhere to go. I was going to call you because you had to go back to uh, Frog Fucius, uh to start it. But I kept going and he's like, and, but he kept crying. He's like, I wish I had my snap, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, fuck, I don't know where to go. I'm like, I don't want to look it up. I don't want to call Craig. I'm like, I kind of remember you have to, like, buy it from a, a town. So I went to, like, the last three towns, just the item shop. And then, it was like, because uh, I was watching something, I just kind of missed it. And then he's like, oh, here's your grandpa's uh, cricket pie or whatever. I'm like, there we go. There it is, <laughs> baby. school shit is go back, get it. But I'm like, no, I'm not going to look it up. If 12-year-old me can do it, then, <laughs> fucking, uh, then 28-year-old me can do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, guys, so with that out of the way, um, our second question is from Chris Treo. <coughs> Excuse me. And he asks, the nominees are out from uh, from the Game Awards for the Game of the Year. What do you think of the list? Did you get a chance to play a lot of these? I don't know how games like Final Fantasy 16 and Dead Space did not make the cut. So, yeah, before we get too far into this, um, we're just going to be talking about the games that are on the list. When Andrew comes back, I believe next week, We'll dive more into the categories and all the nominations, and Andrew and I will do our our yearly pick. But for those of you who aren't familiar, uh, the Game Awards, um, there are more prestigious awards. Let's not confuse that. Like, the BAFTAs is an award that actually means a lot more than, let's say, the Game Awards. But what the Game Awards has done is it's, it's, a, fun, it's a fun experience. Not only is Jeff Keighley the host... But Jeff Keighley's... Vlad the Keighley. But Jeff Keighley's one of the boys. Like, he actually plays games he actually knows you know people in the industry he puts this thing together and loves it it's not just a um like it's not it's like an, like the new e3 was supposed to be it's not like an industry pump thing it's something that he takes time uh, time with and does and not only that he actually does a lot of um world premieres there's actually a lot of first time things being seen at something like this and it does help More that it comes at the end of the year so it's something to look forward you know before the next calendar year so this does come in on this live on December 7th. If you guys are interested, you can go to thegameawards.com and you can actually cast a vote for everybody that you want to um, vote on. And I do got to say, uh, the way a game makes the cut for each category is the game has to be out fully by November 17th. So that is, there is a cutoff date. This year. Yeah, so anything that came out November 20th doesn't count. Anything November 29th doesn't count. So November 17th is the cutout, which technically... Super Mario RPG would have made that cut. So, uh, so let's take a look at this list here, guys. The the game of the year, which is the category that is recognizing a game that delivers the absolute best experience across all creative and technical fields, right? So you got to keep that in mind when you think of these games. Not just the most popular, not what sold the most. You got to remember that it has to at least meet a a version of of the definition that's required to win the award. So. The games are as follow. Uh, Alan Wake 2, which was by uh, Remedy Entertainment and Epic Games Publishing. Uh, Boulder's Gate 3, which is by Larian Studios. 
uh, Marvel's Spider-Man 2, which is by Insomniac and Sony Interactive Entertainment, Resident Evil 4, which is by Capcom, and then Super Mario Bros. Wonder, which is by Nintendo, and Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom, which is Nintendo. Now, um, I wanted to ask, because this is a weird one, because this is the first time that I haven't beaten a lot of the games on this list. I've played the majority of them. I've played all the games except for Alan Wake 2, simply because I haven't played Alan Wake 1 yet, and I and oh, I, don't I don't like... That. No, don't oh, do that. Oh, fuck no. off. If you're if you're that oh, fucking kid. You you started at Uncharted 1 I be Uncharted be, I've 4. I've played all the other one. Remedy games, so it's like I'm, I've beaten Control. I've done... No, I want to do I Alan Wake... I too much. Anyway, so besides Alan Wake 2, um, played Baldur's Gate 3, you know, not too far into it, but far enough. Did you play 1 and 2? Uh, yeah. Did you beat him? With you. <laughs> Uh, beat Marvel Spider-Man 2, um, I'm cruising through Resident Evil 4, like I said, just beat Super Mario Bros. Wonder, and then Legend of Zelda, I'm not too far into, but that's a no-brainer, that game's always gonna be on everybody's list, so, I don't know, looking at the list before we dive into maybe what should not be on there, what should be on there, <coughs> how do you like it as, as a whole, I mean, it, 2023 is gonna go down as one of the best gaming years of all time, does right. this represent that to you? Well, a couple things, I don't think I'm the target audience for Game of the Year because I don't do, I, my lifestyle and kids and stuff like that. I play as much as I can, but like I said, I'm a. I was playing Nino Kuni two at the beginning of the year. Nino Kuni one remaster. I like playing other games. I don't go out of my way to play the best games of the year. That being said, Boulder's Gate three. I'm an old school. I played game over here. Started playing with me. I played uh, Kingmaker. I played Solasta. I played a lot of D and D games. Boulder's Gate one and two, the computer version. Boulder's Gate three. I played for four hours here. It's one of the best games I've ever played, and I'm a, I'm a huge D&D player, so to see something like that that doesn't usually make the mainstream, like, you have to, and like you said, like, the, the, the list has to make creative differences. That's right. why, I like, how Mario's on there, like, like that, but to see a game like Dungeons & Dragons, Boulder's Gate 3, for a lot of people to nominate that, it, like, pleases my heart. Yeah. And to have, play a game like that, and that be my, my main forte, playing just the four hours of it blew every other like D D game away and that's what a game of the year should do like someone who plays a lot of them in four hours this thing's just like like so we were supposed to have a game day we're supposed to do a bunch of stuff and i'm like hey let me, let me just make a character and like four hours later, he's like are we gonna do this or play this I'm like uh let me just play for a little bit more like this game sucked me in so hard but i'm very glad to see that spider-man i played the first one like i'm really glad to see that i love remakes but for me the games i did play which you know i haven't played alan wake Zelda, I don't really get into, but dude, you have games like Hogwarts Legacy, which I think a hundred percent should be on this. Uh, Dead Space as a remake, Dead Space to me, the remake, one of the best games I've ever played, and it blew me away so much that like when I first got it, Mandy was calling me to play. It. I'm like, dude, I gotta hang up on you. Like, this, I don't play Survivor Horror. This game knocked me off my fucking feet, man. So I love that game. So I don't know if it's better than Alan Wake Two, but amazing and then diablo 4 you know i don't know if it's a snub but like diablo 4 did its work but i will say my independent my indie standout is bramble bramble awesome. is if you haven't played it xbox game pass amazing game so like i said not the huge person this is calibrating to but i think there's at least four games that like i, I don't know i know these are all good games but yeah well Hogwarts Legacy, I think, deserves to be... Like, if I had to pick one game that deserves to be on it, I think it would be Hogwarts Legacy. Yeah. But I, but I don't know which one to take off. I'll, I'll say Zelda. 
<laughs> well, yeah, because I look at this list, and um, again, does it represent the best of the year? And I'd say there's a lot of that on there. And especially, and you bring up Bramble. You know, we look at last year, a game like Stray was Stray up for, for best game of the year. A cat game that's about six hours long was up for game of the year. So why doesn't something like a Bramble make the cut? For me, I, I, so I, I was going to ask you, do you think, because there are so many other good games, do you think that they should have... Do you think they should have added maybe instead of being at six? Do you think they would it have been weird if they added two more and they made it eight? So and just to give just to give a couple more games recognition because I'm with you and I'll tell you which games I'd replace after this. But like, do you think that would have been fair or do you think or do you think I I've the always, games are on there or the games I've are always on there? Like the Oscars, I'm a fan of being traditional. If it's five nominees or six nominees, six nominees. But yeah, but the this, Oscars recently I, changed I, it to I, ten. I know, but that's what I'm saying. So like, this is the year of games and right. you have so much talent coming out. And if this is a vote on list. Add, add three more. Like, like I said, it's not going to hurt. I would have made it eight just to but, just to just to give a couple more things some shine. I really think there's three games that can give these a run for their money. So let let's give them the recognition they deserve. Yeah, because I 100% think Mario Wonder should not be on this list. It's it's a fun game. It's it's an it's an innovative game from previous 2D Mario's. But there's just there's just better games out there. And if you're gonna tell me games like Final Fantasy 16 are on there, a lot of people. St- think Starfield was that film that's interesting. And if you're going to tell me Super Mario Bros. Wonder is better than Starfield, then I'd have to ask how old you are because it's just, <laughs> it, it's just, it doesn't make sense to me. And so I think Super Mario Bros. Super Mario Bros. Wonder is the game that, and again, I don't think anyone had an agenda to make more games for Nintendo be on there. But to me, Hi-Fi Rush was a game that blows Super Mario Bros. out of the water. So it is kind of weird. A lot of people are, are theorizing that, like, did Xbox get snubbed? You know, why didn't a Hi-Fi Rush get on there? Why didn't Starfield make the cut when Super Mario Bros. Wonder, which is about a six-hour game, is on there? And time, again, duration of a game that has nothing yeah. to do with it. But in terms of the quality, Starfield did amazing things. And Hi-Fi Rush put a whole new genre I mean, we all know the beat kind of playing game, but for me, I've never played one. That game was fantastic. Amazing. So if I had to get rid of any one of those, Super Mario Brothers Wonder would definitely be on there. And I know I could hear Andrew screaming if I, because I know he's in love with Resident Evil 4, and it's a fantastic game. But if, I, but if Dead I had Space to get rid of on. a game, I would put Dead Space over Resident Evil 4 because clearly, clearly the concept of remakes isn't off the table because a lot of people were kind of guessing are, are they going to allow remakes to be considered for games of the year? And... If Resident Evil 4 makes the cut, then clearly the answer is yes. But I think you would agree. I think I think Denny would agree. I think probably CN would agree. I, I know where Andrew stands. But for me, I don't know if Resident Evil 4... Because I've played, I've beaten the old one. It, it's, it's really good, and I know it's really nice to see it realized. But for me, Dead Space was captivating, man. Dead Space for me was, like, that. to me, that was survival horror done absolutely <laughs> correctly. So I yeah. think there should have been eight spots in this, because I think clearly... Two of these could probably go to squeeze in some other ones. Um, the fact that they didn't, I, I just I don't agree with this list. I don't think Mario Wonder needs to be on there at all. And I, I think Final Fantasy 16 and I think Dead Space are both better games than Resident Evil 4, in my opinion. So I think Hogwarts Legacy is better. Hogwarts but Legacy, again, De- it's Denny's game of the year is Hogwarts Legacy, and he's beaten and he's beaten Spider Man. So good and so massive too. Yeah, Hogwarts Legacy. I mean, I understand if you're playing on old tech that it that it's poor. But I mean, if you didn't and you actually played one that, that's functional, it was so much beyond similar. amazing. And Hogwarts Legacy alone should replace Super Mario Bros. Wonder. So I don't want to get into conspiracy theory, but I don't like that there's, <laughs> I don't like that that game is on there. And I, I, 
I don't know. To me, it makes no sense. It's just one of the things where, like, hey, we need a Mario game. And it did but exactly, but we, need, we don't need yeah. a Mario game on there. This is a list of the That's best like, games, and this is a... Uh, re- are they too scared to branch off? From a Mar- was a Mario game on last year? I forget. I don't know. I'd have to double yeah, check. I, I don't think so. I don't think a Mario game was out. No, it might have been for family. Place one, it'd probably, it'd probably be that. And so, it'd probably be with Hogwarts Legacy. Yeah, so next week when Andrew comes back on, we'll, we'll dive more he's into... Gonna he's going to rip us He ain't going to do shit. He's going to go, Evil 4, so good, Capcom. <laughs> and, uh, but that's my opinion. And if you guys, if you're watching this, leave down uh, below what your thoughts are. Alan Wake 2 would be the only one I could question because I have not played play it, it but everybody I talked to, like Luis is playing it, uh, I believe Devin Collins is playing it, uh, the Brothers Take, I saw Chris on there, he was playing <laughs> it, and everyone's telling me that this game is fantastic, and when I was just reading up on it, um, it sold so well that Remedy's stock went up like 28%. Because of how good this game is, and everybody I'm hearing from we'll just leave is it right there that this game is blowing things out of the water. I'm not hearing anybody say that about Mario Wonder. I'm okay. hearing that I'm hearing it's fun. There's, okay, and that being said, there's two games doing that. Boulder's Gate. Boulder's Gate three is win. is the is the dark horse that no one saw coming and is going to win. It's funny. We <laughs> hey, I'll call it now. <laughs> I really hope so because we were talking about it earlier and we're like, oh no, a game like that can't win. I, mean, I didn't think it would get, I a game like that was like, going to get nominated. Yeah, Boulder's Gate three is a game that by definition can't win the blah blah blah. And it's so good to see it nominated. I, it should. Win. And if I'm not mistaken, I'd have to double check, but I think it's also up for eight other categories for the. Good. So it's going to win something for sure, but hopefully it's game of the year. So, with that being said, and we'll hear Andrew's rant, yeah, <laughs> or maybe I'm in the comments, we'll that. hear it down below. But, uh, guys, leave your thoughts down below, and we will get more into this next week. So, uh, with that down out of the way, guys, we'll move into our final question of the week. And this comes from Only One Jab Stab, and he writes. Question. <clears throat> Sci-fi and fantasy movies have been flopping big time lately. Marvel, Star Wars, Lord of the Rings, the list goes on. I assume by Lord of the Rings you're talking about the Rings of Power show. Uh, and is there any... Uh, let's see. Why do you think this is happening? And is there any saving this market? Personally, I think Disney needs to just worry about theme parks. Dude, I was dying the first time I read that. So I've got what I want to say, but uh, what are your thoughts I'll, I'll, when you first say that? So, so just to take the examples that you <clears throat> used. Uh, so... I think they're failing because you have something like Star Wars that's treasured by a million people. I think you have someone million good, billions people. <laughs> you have a good, you have a director who tries to take it over, and you just get it shit house through production. What the studio wants, blah blah blah, all this kind of stuff. Like, who's um, Force Unleashed? Uh, it wasn't Ryan Johnson. No, uh, no, the main no, the Force Unleashed, the actor guy. Oh, Adam Driver. No, no, Force Unleashed. Oh no. Oh, uh, oh, you think that's the game? The game. Star Killer. Yeah. Give him the ability to write the script. Oh. Now, I bet it would be freaking amazing. Sam Witwer. Yeah, Sam Witwer. Give him the ability to write 7, 8, 9. Yeah, he's got knowledge. Amazing. And I bet they had an amazing script, but when you have Disney who's producing, Kathleen I Kennedy. bet it just has to go through so much garbage that it gets dumbed down. As far as Lord of the Rings goes, I love Lord of the Rings. I was so excited because Game, Game of Thrones came out at the same time. Watched it. Lord of the Rings. No, no, it was House of Dragon. Still Game of Thrones. I know, but I'm saying, but let's make be clear what was, yeah, yeah. was going up against. So I watched them both. Loved the new one, even though a lot of people didn't. But Lord of the Rings, there was just something about it, and I can't tell you why. Like, the production value was there. Some, like, I just cannot tell you why I did not like the show, and that's one thing. As far as Disney goes, I think it's one of the things where, like, the progressive stuff goes, like... They're trying to check too many boxes and make too and losing many everybody happy. As they go. But when you try to make everyone happy, you make no one happy. But they are, yeah, they make me a little happy. They just they they can't go back now. So now they're in that route, 
And it's one of those things where like more people are just being more conscious of who watches what, where, especially with their kids. And it's not, you know, and they're just not the Disney that we grew up with. And it's sad to see. But I think that's kind of where they fell. Lord of the Rings, can't tell you. But Star Wars, it needs a new sh helmet to ship, man. Uh, speaking of new helm, I was just reading recently that I think Dave Filoni is now finally up to run Star Wars, which is a big correction because that's they needed that. But uh, is that anything you want to say? Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm short uh, and simple. So as far as uh, I'll start with the Rings of Power, um, I was looking up a stat on it and it was saying that 37% of people that started it actually finished it, which is Brilliant. terrible. So I mean, it was definitely a flop if you know if we want to call it that. It definitely. Um, people say it got snubbed at a lot of like the Emmy Awards for what it was doing because I will agree that it did look beautiful. It, it did look great. really cool. But I think what turned a lot of people off, and me instantly, I watched two episodes and I was like, I'm out, was it's not connected to Peter Jackson's Lord of the Rings. And I think a lot of people thought it was. I think a lot of people thought this was supposed to be a prequel to the movies, and it's not. It's an entirely separate universe. So when you look at people like uh, Galadriel, that's not the person that you remember from the thing uh, from the movies. And I think that's what turned people like multiverse. Yeah, and I think that's what turned people off. And I think they were focusing on the wrong storylines and the wrong people. So that would that's what I say. The biggest thing would be it, it, nobody connected with it. And I'd also say, and no fault of their own, is that I don't think a lot of people are in to watching Amazon shows yet, right? It's not in HBO yet. I mean, it's got... When I think of Amazon, I think The Boys, I think Invincible. I, what's our D&D &D show? Yeah! <laughs> what's the D&D &D show we watch? On Amazon? Yeah, with the kid that like he plays the, the loot and he's got the big... Oh, uh, fuck. Think of it while you can. Um, But th I think of that. You know, when you think of Lord of the Rings, I, I just don't... I don't think Amazon's there yet to be... I mean, they got the budget, that's for sure. The thing looked gorgeous, but as far as... What they were trying to show, I, I just think it was the wrong storyline, and it just it, people were just disconnected uh, with it. Now, as far as everything else goes, the reason why I think a lot of these things are flopping because originally you say sci-fi and action, and, it's, and you know not just per se Star Wars and Marvel is that I think there's a shorter gap now between theatrical and streaming. So I think why a lot of these Vox things are machina. Vox Machina. <laughs> Damn it! I know. I I, and I think that that counts. Like you're gonna lose a lot of stuff in the box office when when something going from theatrical in six weeks comes to HBO. Like I completely skip Blue Beetle because I'm like, am I gonna waste money to go watch Blue Beetle when in six weeks it'll be on HBO? So I think that's a big big factor of why a lot of box office is being um, left. It's oh, what's the argument to that point though? Like it made it was streaming at the same time and oh, that's day. Yeah, you don't want to do that either. Num so, but yeah. it, it broke records too. Who, Blue Beetle? No, not Blue Beetle, but there's a show that was... Uh, oh, Five uh, Bats at Freddy. Yeah. Which also tanked the next following week. So it made... it made it's, it's got like a $20 million budget, and it's opening week, it made $80 million in theater, which was great for a movie that was opening up. And again, though, you got to remember, this is Peacock. Yeah. Peacock doesn't yeah. have Netflix subscribers. It Peacock doesn't have... It $20 million budget, yeah, so it doesn't it, matter if it tanks the next four weeks. Yeah, it's still, I, I, it made its budget back in yeah, space. It, so, yeah. And I forget okay. if it's Peacock or Paramount. I always get those two it's mixed Peacock. up. So yeah, so it fell off the next one. had a huge drop. But it already made its money back. So, mm -hmm. so he, that's... And horror movies yeah, have that little... That's the anomaly, right? Mm -hmm. Out of those. So the next thing I would say is that when it comes to Disney, per se, is that when Bob Chapek took over as CEO, who was coming up after um, Bob, uh, Bob Iger, uh, he did too much streaming. He was taking... He ruined the Pixar name. He was taking things like Elemental. Um, uh, what was the Red, the Red Panda movie? Um, 
Uh, he was taking a lot of these things that you would you would want to go that normally should be um what was the one with the uh Jamie Foxx and he's the and he dies and Tina Fey's and anyway he did a lot of good Pixar movies no, and no, I've never heard that and one. put him straight Soul I think it's called Soul and put him straight to to yeah. to Disney Plus and when you're doing that what you do what you're telling the audience is that I no longer have to go to the theater to watch these movies because they're no longer theatrical events. Right when you want when you go watch Toy Story when you go watch Incredibles when you go watch Cars when you go watch Ratatouille those are family theatrical events mm-hmm. that you get up and go when you're telling me the next six Pixar movies are on Disney Plus and then now we're gonna start putting them in theaters again I'm like well why like I'll just wait I'm for a it to be guilty of that well no we all are because that's what yeah. he did that's he conformed us to going oh they'll just be here soon enough and it's no longer that magical Disney event so that was Disney's biggest problem because Bob Chapek was a fucking douchebag. Dude. As far as Marvel and Star Wars goes, uh, they have the same problem. They have too much content too much that's, that's subpar. When when Kevin Feige back in the day said, "We will, you'll never have to watch one movie to understand the other one in terms of outside of building up to like the Avengers, but you you can kind of plug in in any one and then keep going," and and that totally fell backwards. Where now you have to watch shows. To now keep up with the movies, and nobody has a lot of people don't have time for watch six that, yeah. episode hour long things to just catch up with the next hour and a half movie, like and then the, all scenes of Loki just to get to watch Ant Man. And I've heard like, and I've heard what the ending of Loki is. I'm like, dude, you can't watch the next one without understanding what is going on. And what what my mom's not gonna know, understand that she's not gonna watch all of Loki and and all of Miss um, uh, Marvel. She doesn't have Disney Plus <laughs> and all of these things. So and the same thing with Star Wars. It was, they're doing Mandalorian, which was really good, kind of fell apart. I, Book of I, Boba Fett, nobody really cared watching, for. So watching. Obi-Wan was laughable at best. So their biggest problem is too much um, subpar content. And then finally, I would say overall, is that a lot of these things are taking um, budget and blowing them out of the water. Because what you got to remember is if your budget's this high and you only make this much, then it's you're not making anything. So a big example before I, I show the Star Wars one is that um, Fast X was a movie that had a budget of 390 uh, upwards of around 390 million dollars. It um, grossed worldwide 785. Now, any other day, if you don't hear the budget, 785 sounds great. You're like, oh, dude, almost a billion dollars. But now let's take it's add budget, 390. Yeah, budget doesn't count marketing. Yeah, so. I was gonna add in its marketing, mm-hmm. add in its marketing budget that profited 200 million dollars. And you still gotta pay the actors on a movie that's no, that's a part of the budget on a movie that's. Almost eight hundred million dollars. It made two hundred million dollars. So that's huge. So now if we're gonna look at it compared to Disney. Guardians of the Galaxy's budget uh, three was two hundred fifty, made eight hundred forty-five million dollars. Ant Man was two hundred million, uh, and it made four hundred seventy-six million. The newest Marvels is two hundred twenty, oh, and it's it's made so far one hundred sixty-one. So not only is Marvels the lowest opening Mar-Bells. of a, of a Marvels, the lowest opening in Disney. Uh, Marvel history, its drop off went from being um, it went to seventy eight percent like over the next week, which is insane. So they're releasing <laughs> movies under a flagship, thinking that hey, it's a Marvel movie, everyone's going to yeah, see it. And we're finally and realizing that, that you can't. Nope, it's over. There. It's convoluted. It's confusing. Nobody wants to go do it because like, all these shows. People are watching this trailer, going, "Who's that chick?" And yeah, a lot I'm, of people feel like when they watch this, they're falling behind. Like, well, I'm not going to go watch. I'm not going to go spend money because I'm, I'm well not going to know what's happening. Yeah. So, um, to answer the question of how do you fix it, they they need new management, which I was reading earlier that Dave Filoni is now taking over at Star Wars. But what they need to do is is go, hey, we need to pull all of this back 
not only put down the budget, but make it to where, like, a Star Wars movie is coming out once every two years, and maybe like and maybe to? and maybe a show every year. That's it. There shouldn't be six shows running, Pacing. and there shouldn't be five movies running. The only good thing Marvel has going right now is that for 2024, the only Marvel movie slated right now is Deadpool three, and that's they that's Did gonna they make that decision after Marvel's this is this is no this is after all the. Oh. All the writer strike and all that it's stuff, but as of right now, like th- I would stick with that idea. Yeah. Something I've said a lot. Did it catch no, up no, on me? No, no, Any no. of that sound good? Because <laughs> I don't like hating on it. I love Star Wars and Marvel more than the average yeah, bear. But when there's, but when there's too much, what? like I'm, I haven't finished Loki. I haven't finished Miss Marvel. So did I go watch Miss Marvel when it came out? No, because I'm not caught up with the shows. Just like Alan Wake One, I'm not gonna go watch something oh, else yeah. without staying with the origin. I, I got to see everything. Before I go watch the next thing, because that's just the kind of guy I am. But now, if you're, you know, my mom go to go watch this, and she's and you, she's gonna watch, it, and I guess it she could be, get it, but like they're gonna make these jokes about how they know each other, and you're not gonna get any of that because you didn't watch four shows. So, yeah, but think of dial back a little bit. Yeah, is it is it savable? Yes, but I think that's what you'd have to do. And um, anything and change and management because Bob because Bob Chapek is now gone. Bob Bob Igor stepped back in. If Dave Filoni's taking over with Marvel then that's a good sign. As far as other sci-fi and action movies, you look at Fast X at Universal, There's that is the most ridiculous budget I've ever seen in my life to only make $200 million. So, And once upon a time, Fast X, Fast and the Furious was making all the money in the world. So it's a tall order to fill, but I don't think it's not doable. It's just one of the things they... It, everyone watch 7, 8, 9, they're going to watch 10. Just throw it out. Doesn't matter what you do, just throw it out. You know, it's one of those... And now you, you do that... If you make money consecutively year after movie, movie, you do it until you don't. And I think we're finally at the point where you're not going to, so now they got to rechange. But it's one of those things, they're in it for the money, throw it out until it misses. Yeah. And I think this year, last year, maybe next year are the years that it misses. Dial yeah. back, reorganize. Yeah, we're finally seeing that. I mean, because again, Marvel is the most, one of the most successful, if not the most successful studio of all time. It has the most, between that and Marvel, or Disney and Marvel, they have the most billion dollar. Um, franchise and movies of all time. So, but we're that roller coaster ride's done, man. It's we're going down, and it's because they focus too hard on the Disney Plus show aspect of it. Mm-hmm. And to me, that was their Achilles heel. And they can get out of it. Is you got to do what what DC's doing with WB. They hired James Gunn, and I always forget the other guy's name. They have two guys working it, and they're revamping it, and they're starting from the ground up. And unfortunately, that might need to be what a Marvel has to do so I, yeah fine, you know you know I hate going off on a tangent but I love <laughs> your tangent so, so it's so action-packed um, going on, thank you my kind sir so guys um jump down below in the comments let me know what you think about what the problem is and again I thank you for the question so much so it's gun and Peter Saffron Saffron yeah so um, is there anything else you want to add I before we get going? English accent <laughs> no you nail as always you nail it completely it's just one of those things you 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 keep doing it as it works until it doesn't. I think we're finally in the couple of years where they're in the road, tired of it, and it's time for a revamp and all that kind of good stuff. Like Marvels, I'm like I have no idea what happened, so like I'm not gonna go watch it. But I am guilty with Spider Man. Um, uh, go watch it in theaters. I'm like, eh, no, it'll be on Netflix a little bit. Dude, and, I'm, and I was I guilty of that with Guardians I Three. Waited and then it came out. I'm like, but dude. So good. I'm like, fuck, I wish yeah. I would have seen this in theaters. It's one of those things, like, 
that's a good movie that you should have seen in theaters, but all the other trash, you're like, eh, I can Well, and that's going. the thing. You don't know really... There's so much saturation, you don't know what's good, what's not. There's... You had um, The Flash come out. You loved it. I hated it. You didn't like it. You've got, really you've got Black it. Adam that came out. Some people liked Never it. Some it. people hated it. Blue Beetle came out. Some people liked it. Some people hate it. We're, we're no longer at the point where... Where superhero movies are just great. They're treating movies like TV. Yeah, they're like they're like some are okay and some are are awesome and it's just blockbusters. Yeah, you know what? Going back to the blockbuster summer movie, like excellent. Yeah, Marvel. So guys, that is the end of episode one hundred and eighty. Have a good Thanksgiving, guys. One more. Join us next time. What? Probably one more question. No. No, that was it. We went on the three. So guys, join us next week for episode one hundred and eighty-one. And until then, guys, my name is Craig Prowse. This handsome fellow is Gina Prowse. Until next time, guys. Cheers. Woo-hoo-hoo.